Welcome to another episode of the Team Rhino Outdoors Musky Fishing Podcast. This week, we're going to talk to Kevin Abendroth with Pandemonium Tackle. And specifically, we're going to talk about the SRJ jerkbait. That would be slow rise jerk from Pandemonium Tackle. And we'll go over the specs and what it can and can't do and why you may or may not need one for your tackle box for the 2021 musky fishing season. If you have a season, if you don't, that's awesome. Pick one up and uh, get it crushed right now. I know that we have a few left on our website. We had recently just got another batch, and so I told Kevin, you better start dialing up some more because they've been selling well. It's a limited edition kind of a bait. I wouldn't say a limited edition. I mean, he puts them out as often as he can. You'll see in the podcast, you know, Kevin's got another job, as do a lot of these, I would say, underground, smaller, basement-type builders in the musky world. I guess that's one thing that makes musky fishing unique and cool is the fact that a lot of these guys are... You know, they have an idea and a dream and they put them together in their basements and their garages and their spare time. They work nights, weekends and, you know, whatever. So that's pretty cool. And that's what we're going to talk about this week. As for me, I'm Jeff with Team Rhino Outdoors. And if you're looking for gear for 2021, we have it. Just recently, we got reloaded on Smoker Tackle, Chaos Tackle, Musky Mayhem, Spanky Baits, Musky Frenzy and Smitty Baits just off the top of my head. And I know many of those companies, we got reloaded on existing custom colors, and we also got some new custom colors in. I know Smitty Jerkbaits, we recently just got in five new custom colors. The Spanky stuff, hopefully, we'll have some new ones on the website soon. They're already in my possession. I've just been running out of time trying to get them reloaded. Musky Frenzy, the new IC9 is in stock. Musky Mayhem Tackle. If you're looking for the new detonator, the 1013 detonator, we have almost every color in stock right now. Same thing for the trigger. And as far as color selections go, we pretty much have the largest color selection in most products that you will find in the musky industry. So that's what's up going on with Team Rhino Outdoors. And I don't have anything else to add to this intro. And so we're going to go get Kevin Abendroth on the phone from Pandemonium Tackle so we can talk about the SRJ. All right. Our guest this week on this podcast is Kevin Abendroth with Pandemonium Tackle. And for the sake of this podcast, we're going to talk about the SRJ slow rise jerk that they make. But before we get that involved, we're going to talk a little bit about Pandemonium Tackle. I think one thing that's interesting about the musky world is how small a lot of these companies are. You know, I think with Kevin, you're going to find out, you know, exactly how it is and all the steps and how, how involved he is in this particular product. But, you know, a lot of a lot of people, if you're coming from the bass world or the walleye world, you're thinking these companies are giant, lots of employees, lots of stuff getting done. But that's not always the case in the musky world. It's a lot of small guys, a lot of guys working nights and weekends to get these baits out to guys. So, Kevin, thanks for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Before, yeah, thanks for having me, Jeff. And why don't we get rolling? Why don't you talk a little bit about the backstory with Pandemonium Tackle? Well, Pandemonium Tackle is, uh, I mean, we started... I think the company in 2017, I started musky fishing probably 2003, 2004. Started getting into tournaments and, you know, getting uh, your feet wet in the musky world, you know. And to me, that was a way to really start learning a lot very fast, uh, you know, speed up the learning curve with that. Um, you fish tournaments, you start talking to guys, and after a while, you get to figure out what really catches fish and what doesn't, you know. From that point, it got, you know, I started using baits and 
some of the baits that I was using, uh, they just didn't hold up as good for me. You know, I'm, I'm pretty rough on stuff as it is and, you know, banging into rocks and the clears peeling off and all that good stuff. So I ended up seeing a sitting around Saturday morning watching, uh, uh, some musky shows and I saw Larry Dahlberg actually taking and making his own baits. And I said, I can do that. And that's pretty much where it started. Made that bait for a while, uh, started catching fish on it. And, um, it took a while to get it to where it is today. That bait started and it just was not as easy as I thought it was to actually get it to, to run the way I wanted. It's real easy, uh, when you see the final product, but you know, I mean, you know, as well as anybody, how difficult it is to sometimes get it to, from what you had in your head to actually get it to work and catch fish. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, obviously the, the bay, the SRJ itself, the stands for slow rise jerk. One of the reasons I went with that is obviously it looks very similar to the, uh, big fourth, the fan cat. And I'd use that bait. Great bait. Just didn't, didn't do what I wanted. I wanted a bait that hung more in the strike zone and pretty much made those fish that you see come in and late or you come in and just not interested. I wanted something that it make that fish want to eat it, you know? Well, I'd say based off of the results, I mean, I've seen it firsthand and I've seen the pictures and so I'd say it works, you know, it, it does what you set out for it to do. Yeah. But before we get too far, so, you know, co- you know, the company wise, who's all involved in this company? Ah, uh, yeah. It's just, uh, my brother and me, um, he helps as much as he can. And, you know, it's, it's basically nights and weekends, like you said before. Um, I got a full-time day job and lately we've been working a lot of overtime. So really cuts into the bait making time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, for the sake of this podcast, there may or may not be some SRJs available. We literally just got a batch in and I told Kevin, uh, earlier this afternoon, I said, well, Kevin, you better start working on some more because the, uh, couple patterns have, have started to fly out of here. And like I said, for good reason. Yeah. Yeah. They catch fish. Um, like I said, it was. It was a long process, but, you know, we finally got there in the end. And um, a lot of guys helped out, too, you know, buddies and uh, JVR up there. He helped out field testing a lot of stuff before I even really came to market with it, you know. he With him being on the water every day, it really, you know, hey, that didn't work or this thing didn't work, change this, you know, stuff like that. Just talking to him and change a lot of stuff and get get, get it to where you want it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And at that point, we kept it for a secret for a while, because <laughs> obviously we were fishing uh, the ProMac and the WMT tournaments and stuff like that, and we were catching fish and won a couple tournaments. We we're like, we don't want to tell everybody what we're catching fish on, you know? <laughs> right. So then people started asking, and you start trolling people, and then, hey, I want one of those, you know? And started selling a few, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to try making some money at this, and uh, started making some bait. Yeah, for sure. So obviously, you were pretty instrumental too, uh, Team Rhino. That really helped getting the name out too. Yeah, I mean it's a two way street. We always like having you know smaller companies like yourself. We you know partnering in with the the bigger companies that we have. It makes a good partnership all the way around, and that way we also have some unique products that not everybody else carries. Yeah, exactly. Let's dive into the SRJ a little bit. Why don't you talk about its makeup as far as the original, we'll talk original size first because now there's a second size that's available. It's probably maybe a tad harder to get because 
obviously you only have, you know, X amount of time to build these baits. And so generally I have you working on the regular size first, but why don't you talk about the regular yep. size? Uh, how big is it? How much does it weigh? Talk about its makeup as far as, is it wood? Is it plastic? And maybe you talk a little bit about, you know, what goes into this bait. Cause I think a lot of people think, oh, it's just a bait and it's, you know, it shouldn't take that long to put together. But I think with this bait, there's a whole pile of process or pile of steps that you have to do, if I'm not mistaken. There is, there is. It's a, it's a hand poured, uh, urethane bait. I started first making my own molds, um, out of silicone. Um, and they would only last so long. You get 50 pours out of them and they didn't work too good anymore. You you'd end up doing a lot more work in the end to get it to look the way you want it. And so I went to aluminum molds. Um, that helped the consistency that helped everything, uh, being able to get them out a little faster. There's a lot of steps though. I mean, you, after you pour that, you got, well, let's start with the harness first. The harness all hand bent. Then I take the harness itself, had a, another mold made just to pour the lead on, um, to get the lead in position. It's actually poured right on the harness. So I know a lot of guys drill in afterwards and do it that way, which is fine, but I wanted something that was a little more durable through wire harness. And then from that point, once that harness is with the lead poured, I actually take each harness and balance it after working with that. It, it made a big difference just in the way the bait actually works in the water. I mean, you start adjusting where those weights are and how much weight's there. It really changes the bait. Um, we were having some issues with it from wanting to roll out almost too much belly roll early on. And we started moving some weights and figured out what we wanted. Um, from there, that harness then, you know, I pour my urethane mold. And that takes two hours before I can demold that stuff. Um, I did a lot of testing, too, with the urethane. There was quite a learning curve when you deal with urethanes. Um, there's so many different choices and different hardnesses and what you can add to it to make it float. And it was it was pretty overwhelming at first, but uh, the companies that actually produce the urethane, you call them, and they got a pretty good handle on what you're going to need to do um, they helped me out a lot too. Um, but it basically is just trial and error from there. Uh, now the bait's poured, there's a lot of sanding goes in, getting the bait to, you know, don't want to sand too much, but, um, just get it to where you want it. I think the bait, what is it? Seven inches, uh, it's about three and a half ounces. If I'm not mistaken. Another thing I wanted to, uh, add to that was I wanted that curly tail on there just to add a little more action. So I ended up, Definitely keeping that in mind when I was making this bait. I use a Kalen's uh, five-inch drum on the back. Um, that seemed to work. I did some testing with, like, paddle tails and stuff, and it just didn't do what I wanted it to do. So I got a question for you. You got this two-hour setup time on this mold. Is this a single-cavity mold? Are you literally only able to shoot, you know, one bait every two hours? Yes. Well, I got three molds. So, but yeah, each, each mold is a single operation, uh, especially with that, the urethane lip I added last year, that's actually a separate pour. And then you got to pour the other urethane to have a very good bond to that, uh, between the softer urethane and the harder urethane. It's quite a balancing act to get it so that it will adhere. I was, I was really skeptical at first to get that, but I figured no way is that going to work. You know, I figured... I'd pour it on there and I'd slam it into a couple rocks and it'd come off. But that stuff, it adheres, it's like one piece, you know. 
let's kind of inform the people with this. If you're if you purchase a SRJ, I mean, you literally can bang this thing into rocks. The one thing you'll notice though that Kevin's made aware, and we have a note of it on our website, is typically the paint is going to pop off the first like almost like quarter inch of that because the front nose has a different kind of rubber, and it actually allows it so you don't smash the plastic part of the bait. It allows it to to absorb some of the impact on the rocks. Is that right, Kevin? That's right. Yeah. And you can, it really feels different than any other bait when you hit a rock too. You know, you can tell that it's, uh, it's rubber on there and not, not hard. <laughs> right. Which is kind of unique. Um, but yeah, the paint, the paint will definitely not stick to that softer urethane. Um, that was another issue I was worried about was, okay, now that paint and clear is going to chip off. Is it going to want to keep going? But with all the steps that I take, in between, you know, the painting and the, and before I actually clear it, you know, with the sanding and just making sure you got a good starting surface to paint on. That's probably the, the biggest key um, of having, you know, a bait that's going to stay durable for you and not chip off after a hard weekend, you know. Yeah, for sure. Hooks obviously are premium hooks. I use the owner hooks and anybody that's ever used those knows how sharp they are. I know my fingers know how sharp they are. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I run into that from time to time, just trying to put them in and out of bags or, you know, put them in boxes. So, yeah, they're they're definitely a little sticky sharp. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I tee them too. Tee them and I put the, uh, the heat shrink on there. Two reasons uh, the heat shrink's on there. One thing, it keeps, keeps the hooks from getting that real serious hook rash on it. Um, they'll still dig in a little bit, but nothing like if you didn't have it on there. And then another thing I noticed, uh, when you're, when you're ripping it into the weeds and you get a little bit of weed on there, you can give it a real hard pop or a couple pops in a row and it'll, not every time, but some of the times it'll, it'll throw those weeds off and you're not losing a whole cast, you know? For sure. So then let's talk about weeds and structure on a typical retrieve. How deep is this thing going to dive? Uh, typical retrieve. What I like to do is about a two to three foot pole. And then a pause. Now, obviously, fish like different things, different days, all that good stuff. So, always got to be playing with it. But on a long, with that type of work, with a two, three foot pull and a short pause, um, and then go right into that two, three foot pull again. Jeff does a really good uh, JVR on your website there. You got a link to a video that Jeff did showing how to use that bait. And he really, he talks a little more in depth on how to really get the action out of it. But, um, that bait will run, you can keep it within a foot or if you do the longer pulls, it's going to go down to that four or five foot range. I found that if you shorter pulls and a lot less of a pause, you'll be able to keep that bait a lot shallower. And what's nice is you can work it shallow at first and then you go into your longer pulls after you clear that weed edge or that rock edge and you know, get it down there a little bit and really let it hang. Um, I found that once you get away from structure, a lot of those fish will be on the structure and then they're coming out. You let that bait sit in front of them and they're going to want to eat it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And if I ever get around to editing some video, you could see Jeff uh, crush a nice one on the SRJ on one of our videos. I talk about another yeah, podcast. Yeah, I, I heard about that one. Yep, we got some uh, we got some videos coming yet this winter. I talk about it all the time, but between you know this podcast, the Backlash podcast that I do, and just trying to keep up with the day to day on all the businesses and race, you know, four kids around. Uh, the, the video editing is taking a back seat, but 
I promise it's coming. We're not going to let the video go uh, go unwatched. But much like Kevin said, <laughs> if you check out our YouTube channel, Team Rhino Outdoors on YouTube, we have a video called How to Work an SRJ. And it's also linked on our website. So if you go check out the SRJ on our website, you can find it right there. It's uh, Jeff Vandermortel from Northern Wisconsin talking about what he does to work this bait. And, I mean, if you're going to learn from anybody, aside from maybe Kevin himself, Jeff's the guy to learn from. Yeah, exactly. Um, another thing I want to point out, too, is the leader. Jeff covers that, too. But you definitely don't want a long, heavy leader on this bait. You want something that's, you know, seven inches. I like to run it. Uh, we make our own leaders, too, the, the Roswell wire leaders, which are kink-resistant wire and a lighter wire too. Um, it definitely helps the action. Um, you know, not having that leader way down. I got away. I used to use fluorocarbon when I first started making it. And one thing I noticed with any kind of, uh, dive rise or walk a dog bait, fluorocarbon, a lot of times when that bait will stop sideways, which the SRJ does a lot. Um, when it stops sideways, a lot of times that leader can hang, right next to the bait you get a fish to hit that i've had two of them myself that were cut just like it was a razor blade with that fish hitting the bait and your leader is alongside of the bait because it stops sideways so leader is definitely something you got to think you know think about when you're choosing your bait any bait you know not not just the srj but yeah absolutely for like you said all those walk the dog all those you know, any type of jerk bait like this, whether it be a, you know, a phantom glide bait or a, a suic or a bobby or the SRJ in this case, I'm always using solid steel or, or in your case, you know, your, your Roswell leader, which is a steel also. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a type of titanium alloy, you know, it's, it's different than the older titaniums. I actually worked with uh, a company that made it for me and we, we played around with a bunch and tried to get it as durable as we could, you know? Yeah. And so far it seems like, you know, that's, that's been accomplished on that end too. Yeah. I think, I think Jeff ran a one liter the whole year on his dirt bait rod hmm. a couple of years back when we were testing it. And that, that sold me on it, that it was good enough because if he can run it and catch, you know, he puts 150 boats, not saying 150 fish in the boat a year, but not saying those are all in the SRJ, but, um, he cuts quite a few on that bait and that leader set up and, and that thing, I mean, it was a little, little wonky in the end. It wasn't that straight, but it still had up and still did what it was supposed to do, you know? So let's talk now about the Magnum size. There's a regular and a Magnum. The regular is for sure the most popular one. You want to talk about the Magnum? I'm assuming, you know, when you made the Magnum, you thought, Hey, we just blow this thing up increase the weight proportionally and it's good to go. But I think it's, uh, I think it was a little more difficult than that. It definitely was. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, well, I'll just scale it up and, you know, scale the weight accordingly. And first one I made, I remember I threw, I was like, Oh boy, <laughs> this isn't anywhere close to what I want, you know? And I took a few, you know, probably two solid years of, you know, obviously I don't have as much time to work on it. So it's two years of just screwing around and, messing with the different weights and where they are. I was surprised that I had actually changed a little bit where they actually were located in the bait. The weights are actually located at two spots, so you can it gives you a little more playing around with where you want that balance point of the weight or of the bait. But yeah, with the with the Magnum, um, that bait it's got pretty much the same pull on it 
you're doing a longer pull with that bait and it has a very like distinct bump to it and on the glide when you're done pulling that bait and on the glide it just wants to either walk off to the side or just stop sideways for you you know with the magnum too it's not as hard to work as you would think uh i mean it's a, it's a big bait i think it's 10 and a half inches and probably six and a half ounces something like that and it, it's a big bait and moves a lot of water um we've had good success i know a lot of guys have been asking for it i know it hasn't been available in a while um part of the reason that is too i only have one mold for that bait so i pour one i gotta wait two hours and pour another one you know right sounds like a good project for this weekend yeah, <laughs> it will be. Actually, as soon as I get done with you, I'll be uh, bending up some harnesses. Nice. That's what we like to hear. Well, there you go. That's the uh, SRJ, direct from the maker of the SRJ, Kevin Abendroth. That's Pandemonium Tackle. And if you're looking to get some SRJs or any other Pandemonium Tackle, whether it be the leaders or his bucktails, he also makes some bucktails, which I'll I'll get Kevin on sometime you know, closer to the musky season, and we'll start talking about his bucktails too. He's got a fantastic line of uh, of bucktails that are made on that that same wire that his leaders are, and it's um, you know they've been super popular. The Marvin eighty eight's been great on Green Bay. So, but if you're looking in this case, you're looking to get any pandemonium tackle products, find them at teamrhinooutdoors.com. So, Kevin, I just want to thank you for taking some time out of your day to talk about the SRJ, and uh, I hope you have a great season. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jeff, and same to you. Hopefully we get back to normal here sooner or later. That would be fantastic. <laughs> so, there you have it. That's the SRJ from Pandemonium Tackle, and you can find that one at www.teamrhinooutdoors.com. If for some reason we don't have the color you're looking for in stock, please use the email us when available button so then we can automatically kick out an email to you when we have them. And typically when you receive that email, you're going to want to act quickly because the SRJ jerkbaits generally sell fairly quickly on our website. We don't get many of them because like Kevin had said, he has another job. It's just him and his brother. You heard all about how long it takes between, you know, how long it takes to mold baits and all that. So that's why, you know, supplies are definitely limited. And I mean, they, they definitely catch fish. I know you if you check out our YouTube channel, we will have a video of it in action at some point yet this winter i know the winter is actually starting to run thin but anyways we've been very busy you know with new products new website stuff fulfilling orders and everything that goes with running the business and you know once again we thank you all for keeping us busy so we just can't thank you enough once again if you're looking for gear for your 2021 season check out teamrhinooutdoors.com we're your source for custom colors in pretty much everything and of course we had to add in the stock colors just because people asked us to. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Team Rhino Outdoors Musky Fishing Podcast. If you're looking for other podcasts, if you're new to it, check out the Backlash podcast that we do every week with Musky Mayhem Tackle. And we talk to guides and industry leaders about tips and tactics and how they go about different lakes and different stuff on the water. It's more of an educational type based podcast versus this one here. We just strictly talk to manufacturers about one bait every single week well i got nothing else to add to this episode we thank you all again for listening and we will see you again in two weeks Mm